to guide my mouth, guide my lips, contain my thoughts and my mind. Empower my spirit, man. Don't allow idle words to come out. Let them be living words. Holy Spirit, open our hearts that you might, Father, write, write your word upon our hearts. And that your word will become our flesh. Thank you, Father, for the orchestration of the uh, exhortation of our appointed time today. What's so wonderful, Father, is, is that according to your word, every breath that we take is appointed. <laughs> every step that we take is appointed. So we acknowledge that and we take it, Father. We apply it. We walk it out. Gratitude and our love for you. Can just be partially expressed. But we adore you and we do love you. We are so grateful for you. I don't know, Kyle, can you can you listen and play at the same time? Awesome. Hallelujah. I've been extremely stirred. Hello, Ben. There we go. Hallelujah. I've been extremely stirred this week. Extremely stirred. You know, there's times where I just get caught up in the things that are required of me and the things that I uh, feel impressed to search out or things like this. And then there's times where just the Holy Spirit, I just have such a heart for you. Here we go. I have a, such a heart for the people I have relationship with. That I just watch your days and I watch your weeks and I watch the things that transpire and I listen to the conversations. And it's so amazing to me to, to watch how the word has become applied into your life. You know, Hebrews 11.1 1 is, faith is the substance of those things hoped for. The substance, the experience of those things hoped for, but yet not seen. And I'm hoping this morning that I can uh, convey to you the, the things that are so stirring as I watch your lives. And how it lines up with the word. And the empowerment, um, often we don't censor or become aware of the growth or the maturity or the things that are taking place in our lives because we often continue to look at the places that we don't measure up or we've failed or we've made a mistake or we put soda in a freezer, you know, whatever. These things, and those things always seem to have a higher place in how we look at ourselves. But I've been just so amazed to watch 
uh, and I felt that it was important to, to convey to you uh, the progress, the change, the evidence of what you've had faith for. You may not recognize all of it, but I just see this thread of the word that's been coming, especially when you look over just this last year of the adversity and the difficulty, and not just because of the, uh, the current illness that's in the earth, but your personal challenges this 21 days, this time of sanctification, places in your life that you're contending for and believing for, and then you have circumstances that are outside of your control that, that come into you, <laughs> into your life, and you're having to be tested and tried. And I just continue just to look at how unbelievable God has favored us as a people, as a family. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so grateful to have you in my life. Because I wouldn't be challenged and grow and be able to grow without you. I mean, I looked to a couple of weeks ago and Reagan and Piggy had their granddaughter with us and all of a sudden after the service, we can't find her. And so everybody's looking and looking and Peggy's just trying to do the best she can and she's doing so strong and she's over there serving in the food outreach and she's still contending. And there was just this place where she just broke. And then there were those that just came around her and you could see her get strengthened. <clears throat> she would never have been able to do that a year ago. She would have said, I'm not here, I'm going home, I can't take this. And then I look at Tuesday nights, we got JC doing the Bible study, and so many of you are being a part of that. And I'm watching the growth and the word. Val's telling me this morning she's been taking notes, and she says, I'm finally getting Matthew 24. She says, I'm writing things down. She says, I'm, I've been reading about this. What is it called when he comes again? You mean the second coming? Yeah, yeah. I've been reading. She says, I'm starting to have more understanding of that now. And she says, but then I've also gone into that. What's, what's that part where he's on the cross and he dies? Yeah, the crucifixion, yes. And see, most of us don't realize the things that we're saying, but I'm listening to the progress and the growth. And the Wednesday night has been exponential in our prayer. And so many of you have been a part of that. I'm watching the growth. And I don't want to just specifically point out individuals, but these things you need to recognize and you need to hear. Not to elevate any one person, but here we are in our prayer language and we have Val, she's got her prayer language. She's praying and singing in the spirit. The very things that are taking place that are strengthening, that are building up, that are establishing and fulfilling the words that have both been written, the promises, but also the words that have been spoken over you and to you. And then Friday night, it's just crazy. Because there's a need in our hearts to establish those that have a deeper foundation of the kingdom of God and the laws of God. The Old Testament, the Old Covenant was fulfilled but not done away with. You would not have a New Covenant without the beginning of the Old Covenant. And you'll never understand the New Covenant unless you understand the Old Covenant. Bottom line. So anyone that wants to do away with the Old Testament, you have the ministry of the Word in part and you'll never have a full understanding of the kingdom, of the resurrection, 
of Christ himself, the true Messiah, and you'll never have an understanding of the kingdom because those principles, those laws, those feast days are feast days of the Lord and they, for, they are for eternity. Not for an old covenant, not for a new covenant. It's for all and the kingdom yet to come. And so here we're learning about the laws of the second coming of Christ. And those are found where? In the beginning. In the Torah. Establish God's word through Moses. And so I'm just watching all of these things and I'm just so amazed. Because we as leadership three years ago, knowing that there's such controversy of the closure of this age, rapture happens to be the biggest topic, pre, mid, or post. And you can have all kinds of debates. What does the word say? Don't debate. We have so much doctrine, doctrines of men, doctrines of demons, doctrines, doctrines of um, denominations. And so I'm watching what God is doing. We have this opportunity just to get this rich, deep foundation to really recognize that if we don't understand his feast days, we will be as those those in the old covenant that did not see his coming. If anyone should have known the Messiah was the Messiah, were those of the old covenant, because they knew the feast days. They knew the pattern. They knew the seasons. But it was veiled because it had to be fulfilled in Christ Jesus. Yet the kingdom yet to come and that whole millennial, the age of tabernacles, the indwelling of the Father. These are the things that are just right before us as it was those that waited for 50 days at Pentecost in the upper room. The old covenant had had its fulfillment to then introduce them into the new covenant. They were alive. They experienced it. They didn't understand it. Even after 40 days, they still didn't understand it. After three and a half years, they didn't understand it. But they experienced it. Why? Because they had a love for him and they had a love for one another. And they waited. So all they did was they waited. Can you imagine the debates and the controversy? But there had to come to a place that they said, you know what? If he said it, it's got to be. There's got to be something coming that we have not experienced, nor have our fathers or our forefathers. There's something in the word that we're missing. But they experienced it. At the same time they learned it, it became real as their experience. And so I'm looking at all these things that are happening in your life, and I'm just so amazed. I'm trying to somehow balance this out to bring an understanding this morning so you can see the world and how it's responding to the things that are before us and how you have been responding. And you need to know that. We need to have that foundation of assurance, knowing that we're all in this together. And somehow God has graced us to be together. Look around. You you would have chose us as your friends. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Why not? Seriously. And so I want you to go to 1 Corinthians 3, if you would. 
Because as the word is being spoken this morning, I want you to realize that you are experiencing it and you will continue to experience and you will continue to become it. Until his word becomes your flesh to where you don't have to think about a thing. You're so led by the Holy Spirit and your obedience is so true. As soon as the Holy Spirit says, you know what? Joseph, Mary, I think it's time for you to get up. You need to move. You need to get out of town. Do you think they questioned the angel of the Lord? No. No. They were obedient. They responded. What greater covenant do we have when the Holy Spirit comes to us? He doesn't just speak to us and reveal to us. He empowers us to be able to walk it out. It's amazing. And so situations like here, Peggy, it's, it's, it's only the Holy Spirit that can bring us to that place of saying, you know what, i got to stand up here. I can't do this on my own. Holy Spirit, I need those that are around me, and I need you. And so it's just so wonderful, to, and you need to hear this. We've been given the Ministry of Reconciliation, and I watched the setting in the food outreach. We've got JC and Jeanette, and all these opportunities. The warfare is tremendous. You don't realize the adversary of this war that fronts you all the time. David said, I have my enemies around me. They're all around me. Guess what? That's us. And even in a greater measure, because the closure of this age, Satan's put out all, pulled out all the stops. Satan wanted to destroy David so the seed of Jesus, the seed of the manifestation of Jesus Christ wouldn't come forth. Right now, he's trying to destroy you so the seed of the kingdom, the seed of the kingdom and that which is to come, he wants to prevent, he wants to keep it from taking place. He doesn't want you to be a part of it. Because it's been reserved for such a time as this. Paul spoke about the mysteries that had to be sealed up, yet to be revealed. Daniel, Ezekiel. Where do you think they were pointing to? Right now. You. Linda. Brenda. You. Hermine. I just, I want, I want you to know it. I want you to know who you are. I want you to know how far you've come. Yes. Continue to press into these places. I mean, I love what Tom spoke about when, when he gave his testimony up here. Yes. I'm not just like all you guys. I really don't know the word. and I don't, But, you know, I walk the talk. Right. I purpose to walk the talk. Don't get into the word that much, and I can't memorize it, but I, but I purpose to walk the talk. Right. What greater testimony is the living word that when you can walk the word... And live the word. When it's time to come and bring the voice of the scriptures, the Holy Spirit says what? I'll bring all things back to remembrance. Moses went before the Father. Well, what do I say? What did the Holy Spirit, what did the word say? Paul, all of those who went before the magistrate, don't worry about what you're going to say. I'm going to fill your mouth. See, these are the things that are happening in your life, and you need to see it. You need to recognize it. You need to know it. You're not the tail. You're not just being kind of dragged along because you've been a loser most of your life. Or told that you were a loser. 
all the negative words. This is who you are. You're a child of God, empowered to establish as John the Baptist, declaring, preparing the return of the Lord. Age has no limitation, young or old. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I'm here to preach the good news. To mend the brokenhearted. Bring sight to the blind. Is that you? No, it's the Holy Ghost. All he needs is the carcass. And if it won't get up and walk, guess what? Somebody come along and prophesy it and say, get up, dry bones. And we've talked about this before. How many times did Paul, was probably left for dead. Somebody had to come along and raise him from the dead. How many times was he stoned? Three times? I mean, when they stoned in those days, they didn't just say, oh, here. No, they took the biggest rock they could find until you were on the ground, bloody and dead. And so this is what's taking place. Now, in 1 Corinthians 3, I want to read this because I want you to get, yes, 1 Corinthians 3, and we're going to start with, uh, what's, that, what's that scripture say? 18. And I'm going to read from the Passion Bible. There's times when I really get stirred with this. And I know we can go into the King James and it's not accurate and all that kind of stuff. I want you to hear the heart, my heart this morning, which I believe is the heart of the Lord to you allowing yourself to identify the world and its ways and you an empowered servant of God with a contrite, a humble heart. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. <laughs> this is Paul's words. I just love it. So why fool yourself and live under illusion? Make no mistake about it. If anyone thinks he is wise by the world's standards, he will be made wiser by being a fool for God. For what the world says is wisdom is actually foolishness in God's eyes. As it is written, I love this, the cleverness of the know-it-alls becomes the trap that ensnares them. And again, the Lord sees right through the clever reasoning of the wise <laughs> and knows that it's all a sham. And when I read that, and I just, uh, because all the things and we've talked about three years ago as in the days of Noah were and all the things that are presently happening and the things the Lord's been showing me, And my heart just goes out to the world. Because what is upon us, they just have nothing to turn to except the world. The wisdom of man, the wisdom of doctors and politicians, the carnality, the carnal things. The history, the false history. I mean, the suicides, I mean, just all of it. 
my heart just goes out and how privileged we are. But we're truly in the greatest, greatest time of the scriptures. All of those in the New Testament, Paul specifically, he really looked to this day hoping that he could be a part of it. He really hoped that he could be clothed from heaven, not have to experience death. That he would be truly the one that would see Jesus as he is when he returned. But there came a point in his life that he knew that it wasn't part, wasn't his lot, it wasn't purposed in God for his timing. And I just continue to ponder that. Because I love history and the things that I've been following and the things I've been looking back to and because of the... Um, the uh, I love that word, because of the illusion that's really been in this earth since right around the 1700s, specifically to the United States. I just say, my God. I could have been born in the 1700s, 1800s. and would have never had the experience of the intimate relationship of the word and the fulfillment of scripture that we've been having the privilege to be a part of. Stop and think about it. Creation has waited 6,000 years for this day. Can you imagine 6,000 years of deep groanings. Creation, groaning for the birthing of the sons and the daughters. Can you imagine creation at the time of purity, when the earth was pure and without spilt blood? Creation is living and alive. Everything's breathing. As much as Paul was waiting for that which was to be fulfilled for a people in God. I can't imagine what creation feels like. Wanting to see the removal of the impurities. where the earth was formed and fashioned with its original pure intent. Okay. Now this is your, your experience. Wayne, this is what you're hungering for when you come on Tuesdays. Let's go to 2 Corinthians verse 10. Excuse me. Yeah, 2 Corinthians verse 10. Uh, 2 Corinthians? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, just the one before 3. And then we're going to do verse 10. But God now unveils these profound realities to us by the Spirit.
Yes, he has revealed to us his most innermost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit. Who constantly explores all things. After all, who can really see into a person's heart and know his hidden impulses except for that person's spirit? So it is with God, his thoughts and his secrets are only fully understood by his spirit, the spirit of God. For we did not receive the spirit of this world system, but the spirit of God. So that we might come to understand and experience all that grace has lavished upon us. And we articulate the realities with the words imparted to us by the Spirit, and not within the words taught by human wisdom. We join together. Spirit revealed truths with Spirit revealed words. you. That's what's been happening. God's been speaking about us to become mature, to move in the realms of the Spirit. And isn't it as we pastors, we try to come up with ideas and ways. And the Father says, my love will enable each and every one to experience my word, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, the power of the resurrection that transforms the old nature and all things become new. A renewing of the mind, a new heart. Mm -hmm. I love you, Peggy. And I'm just going to close with this part of it. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians Chapter 3, verse 16. This is who we are. Being joined by all of those in the earth that have contended for the same thing. Those that were foreknown. Before you entered your mother's womb, formed and fashioned and shaped for this. A temple not made with hands, living stones. A living expression. A habitation that's being prepared at the fullness of the feast days of the Father. The Feast of Tabernacles, where the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit will dwell. Not a building made out of that which will burn, but a temple, a living temple 
living stones. Now listen to this. Don't you realize that together you have become God's inner sanctuary? Not the outer court. Not the holy place. Mm -mm. Right where David used to lay. Mind you, only the high priest could go in at certain times of the year to actually go before the altar, the ark of his presence. David sought the ark often. I have to believe that's where so many of those words came in the Psalms that he wrote, crying out to the Father, into the Holy of Holies. And that the Spirit of God makes his permanent home in you. Now, if someone desecrates God's inner sanctuary, God will desecrate him. For God's inner sanctuary is holy. And that is exactly who you are. Intimate. found worthy by the blood of Jesus and the sanctification work of the Holy Spirit. So I just want you to know, first of all, you're loved. <laughs> the leadership here, the Father, we, we love you. But I want you to know who you have become, who you are becoming, who you are. Yes. Stay the course. Continue to make the decisions that you're making. <coughs> He's honoring those decisions that you're making. Even when those decisions maybe could have been made differently, it's not stopping him from fulfilling that which he desires to see you become. In our weakness, in our frailty, in our poor decisions sometimes, he turns all things for good. So many have often said, well, I, I'm not really a spiritual. I, I don't know what that is to... Are you kidding me? Look around. These are the most spiritual people that you'll ever experience. They have a tender heart towards God. They love Him and they love you. And they care about you. And they're making decisions. They're taking time out. Saying that I can't continue to live my life because this really isn't about myself. You know, before you get married, your decisions will only affect you. Then when you get married, it starts affecting your wife and then your children. Guess what? This marriage right here, we're all beginning to recognize that what we do and what we say affects each other. Because when we come to that great marriage supper, we're in this together. And we need each other. It's important that we recognize, build up one another, strengthen one another. 
spiritual songs and spiritual hymns. Doesn't have to be on key. It's a fragrance. It's a heart. It's that inner sanctuary that we come into. It's just you and the Father. And so I would encourage you, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and 3, read it, rehearse it. Recognizes that the spirit within you is really bypassing your thoughts and your mind. <laughs> it's trying to leave you out of it. Because the evidence is contrary to how you see yourself when you look in a mirror. What was in the Lion King? You're more than what you've become. You are more than what you've become. You're changing. You're becoming those that are living testimonies and the Word made flesh and dwelled amongst us, dwells in this upper valley, dwells at the workplace, dwells amongst your family. So I hope this morning is going to make an impact for you. And Father, I just asked this morning, you... You so stirred what I believe you wanted to say. So I trust you, Father, that you're going to plant within each one of our hearts a deposit, substance. Faith is the substance of those things hoped for. And I know everyone here, Father, has hoped to become a true son and daughter, a disciple, one that has intimate relationship with you, that is in this world, not of this world, but seated at the right hand, Father. And Holy Spirit, help us walk it out. I've planted, I'm sure you'll come in water, but Father, you and you alone bring the increase. And we see the evidence of the increase of the hot response of this house. That they hear your word. They respond to your word. They take the scroll and they ingest it. They take your words and ingest it and become alive. It'd be the anchor to their souls that it would be the foundation of how we move. And it gives us the correct sight. Things are not as they appear. That we're not ever learning and never coming to the experience of, Father, this house, your people, are experiencing and learning at the same time. Until the fullness of days, Father. Until we can see your Son as he is and he returns. And that, Father, we would keep the feast days as we approach this time of Passover. Now, Father, we would rent our hearts, that you do a deep work in us, continue with the sanctification.
the purification. Continue the work of the cross. And that as we look forward to that time of Pentecost and ultimately tabernacles. And Father, you and you, you know Passover is an experience in man. Pentecost has been in man's experience. And Father, we still await as creation awaits for that fullness of tabernacles. Where the trumpet sounds, the final atonement takes place where the sin is no longer just covered but removed. The same experience, Father, that Zachariah experienced. Remove the filthy garments. Clothe him and crown him. And then eight days with you, Father. Eight days with one another just to worship you and celebrate the harvest. Because, Father, we know that that harvest right now is ripe and it'll become riper. And that we will be the laborers. We'll be those that manifest the tongues of fire. We're going to be those that manifest the spirit of truth. Father, we're going to be those that see the ministry of reconciliation. That we can bring those, Father, to be reconciled with you and with one another. The greatest harvest, Father, that this world has ever seen, that time has ever seen. And that we'd be a part of it, Father. That we'd be a part of it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Kyle. Yes. I think so, too. Yes. We have something that it's kind of... uh